Sorry. Knee music. <sighs> Sighing, but no music. Ah, oh, there's Jim. Hey, Jim. How you doing? Sorry, just got on. <laughs> Good to see you, sir. Thanks a lot. I think here we are. Poco, you better say something. You better, like, introduce something. I don't know. You've got the big chair. Take your chance. The time is now. I was expecting the music. The guy with the saxophone. There it goes. As soon as it gets. I see. Okay. Well, listen, welcome, everyone, to a Friday Night Review. Uh, and it's great to have you all with us. We've got our guest tonight is uh, Eric Dutoit or Eric Dutois, depending Hi, on everyone. how you want to say it. So welcome, Derek. And we also have Jim Steele with us this evening. Hey, Jim. Hiya. And we have Linda Pollock, who's been our writer for the week this week, and uh, Linda joins us this evening. Hello. And we have also with us uh, Ian, Ian Jimison. Uh, <laughs> Reminding us that he's no longer in the big chair, but I'm back in the big chair again. <laughs> I was never in the big chair, Albert. <laughs> it's, it, look, it's Laura's fault, right? It's all Laura's fault. Not me. <laughs> no, no. I had nothing to do with it. It's Laura's fault. Right, okay. And a welcome to Laura, who's back again with us tonight. Uh, and uh, it's great to see you there with your bonnet on. Hello. <laughs> I hope that you don't have too many bees in your bonnet tonight, Laura. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> she's well known for it. You give her that chair out and she's going to step up. Oh, I know, I know. Yes. I believe she was in the chair last week and did a very good job. <laughs> well, we couldn't let Ian do it because Ian would uh, get a bit carried away myself. <laughs> this is on this note. I, I, I'm called out in these things, and I, I don't know why. I mean, I know Ian. You're the most man. humble, generous man. Exactly. <laughs> Laura, what kind of week have you had? Um, it's been it's been not too bad actually. Do you know, I feel as if um, I'm kind of entering a new phase in my life. No, not just uh, not just kind of professionally going on probation. But um, my son, he has been um, seeing a very lovely, um, lovely girl, and uh, I think they're getting quite serious now. And she's got, she's got a wee child. He's he's only two, and do you know that way that I feel as if it's like, oh, I'm entering a new phase in my life, you know. Annie. I know. Look ahead and think, oh, that's how you know. <laughs> Laura, when I first met you, I thought you were my age, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened. You turned from my age into a granny overnight. That's remarkable. That's what happens when you work with the bogle. <laughs> I always knew you were younger than me, and I'm still not a granddad. <laughs> So, so that that's that's I, that's lovely, but actually quite frightening as well. Yeah, it's it changes in life, isn't it? Yeah, experiencing that. Eric, what about you? What kind of week have you had? Yeah, it was good, Albert. You referred to uh, my drum kit today, so I took it for a spin today in uh, Liberty Northfield. With um, a um, few friends there, and we did a bit of Kaylee music. It was very difficult. Eight, nine timing, things I'm not used to. So, uh, yeah, I have to say that's probably my highlight is making music with friends. It's always fun, yeah? Good. Well, listen, Jim will be getting you involved in the Friday night, in the, Saturday, the Friday afternoon sessions. <laughs> Come on down, Eric. Come on down. <laughs> Come on down. Jim, if, if you have the budget, I'd be more than happy to travel down to South Africa and record these drums. Uh, you know, for the new album, I just all you need to do is give me the nod. They've got lots of good I'm, recording I'm, studios. I'm, there. I'm on a plane. No, 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 no. We sometimes you need to do things face to face. You know, that's a producer thing. Um, 
South Africa would be fantastic. There's a good recording studio in the Kruger National Park, and we can uh, go for a drive and then see all the wildlife and then do a bit of recording as well. So that's perfect with me. See, John? <laughs> yeah. Not well, my words. Her wildlife is pigeons. <laughs> pigeons and cats and dogs. It's quite so, a... is that what, Jim? What kind of week have you had? It's been great. It's been a fair old mix. I mean, I, I get, I'm joyed because I, I get to selfishly do some of the things that I've always loved doing, um, fixing things and, um, and uh, doing landscape stuff around the garden. Uh, and I, I love doing landscape stuff because I don't have to do the creative stuff. I just do the bish bosh bash stuff. And Jane does the creative stuff and grows things and makes things into inspiration, you know. So we had a highlight this just today, actually. She, she found two cumbers, two cucumbers growing on our cucumber plants. <laughs> Whoa! Now, this, this has been great disappointment for weeks about how these cucumbers were not growing on the cucumber plants. So uh, yeah. this is a huge highlight. But for me, it's just enabling these structures. Or I call it hardscaping. I do the hardscaping. And then Jane makes the creation. So that's the wonderful things. We can do the grafting. Some of us love to do the wee bits of grafting and then sort of sit down. And others love to do the creative things. And goodness knows that's what we need in, in every walk of life, is it not? You know, we've got creatives like Ian Jemison and Albert and Eric's walking into the music world now. He's starting to creep out the closet. <laughs> pressure. <laughs> the pressure is <laughs> So, yeah, wonderful week. Wonderful week. Okay. And, and yet, perhaps, Jim, the thing is that you are so creative and you have such a good output of solid material that there's nothing wrong with having a rest when somebody else is being creative. And, and I think that's a nice feeling as well, isn't it? Somebody it is. else is taking over. Yeah. You're dead right, it's the rest, it's, it's the rest, and, and Albert will know about this, he doesn't have to keep feeding everybody, this is why he has you there Ian, to, to just keep the thing alive, and he can, he can coast, he can coast on the side of life, Absolutely. and another one, she, she contributes a fabulous little bit of a buzz, and then we have intellect from Linda. Which just oh, absolutely. humbles us all. Humbles <laughs> us all. <laughs> Great to have Linda with us tonight. Linda, what kind of week have you had? I've had a fairly bog standard week. Um, the highlight for me was going to a birthday party for my wee friend, Adarin, whose family contribute prayers on occasion to the. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Adarin was nine this week, <laughs> and uh, I went over to their place because I'm part of their, their household bubble and had a wonderful time in the garden with the, the youngsters. Feet in the paddling pool, trying to stay cool, under the awning, so that I don't get sunburnt with my first complexion. So, but it's been a lovely week. I've enjoyed just keeping busy and not hanging about too much, like a bad smell. Good, and this is great also to have Ray with us in the background again. You know, we should never forget our, our silent supporter there in the background. How are you, Ray, this week? Um, I'm fine, thanks very much. Good, you're not telling us anything exciting happening at Sanctus Media. Um, see, you put me on the spot. I didn't even prepare for any of these questions because you didn't even <laughs> don't ask me anything. <laughs> I know, it's quite nice to do something a wee bit different now and again, isn't it? Not when it involves me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're not telling us anything. You keep I'm, the secrets. I'm trying to think. You um, put her on the spot. That's not fair. You know. Um, I'll have a right. week, thank you, you can come right. back to me. Okay, I'll come back to you. And Ian, what kind of week have you had? Oh, I've had a terrible week. No, oh, actually, I've had a terrible week. I've had a lovely week. Um, really lovely week. I have dealt with some lovely patients and I've sorted out, well, hopefully trying to sort out some difficult situations and people have been so understanding and so kind um that I, I honestly cannot thank my practice population enough for how good they are and they are good good people um and i've been <clears throat> with during the week um the various hierarchies that exist in in medicine and in healthcare delivery um in the whole area that i work in uh, because of part of one of my roles and once again i have been blown away by the goodness of people and the willingness to go the extra mile for their fellow man you know 
and and we read our media sometimes and you, you can form the impression that perhaps the government's against you or or you know the the, the general practice is against you or something's against you but the truth is it's not like that it's not like that at least not in where i work um people are so happy to help um so willing to go the extra mile for other people and i've been humbled this week by the dedication of people round about me they may have quite different views that i do on the treatment of certain conditions and that's fine because we're all allowed to have different views and we're all allowed to be the doctors that we feel we should be. Um, that's all okay. But what underpins it all is this absolute love for people and this this um, feeling that we want to help people move on and, and, and help people understand how the new healthcare system is. Mm-hmm. And it is a healthcare system of need and not want. And that's the hardest thing to get across, you know. As a politician, I, I'm not sure even I, even I, I I'm not sure I could get this across. Um, sometimes we have a healthcare system that we need, and that's the one that we pay for through our taxes and through, you know, our very benefits and what have you. <clears throat> and we pay for a healthcare system built upon need. And Aaron Bevan, at the beginning of the NHS. He was looking to address need, and he did address need. And it was the greatest social experiment in the entire world. And when we look at ourselves in the world rankings, we need to look at ourselves in the prism of we were the first country to truly embrace social health care systems. This didn't happen anywhere else, just in Britain. And just because of an Aaron Bevan and the Labour government of that time. And that's not to be partisan about it. That's simply mm. a fact. Do you know, um, I, yeah, Ian, I just think what you're seeing is so interesting because I think we need to sometimes in our lives <clears throat> look for the good. You know, look for the good. We, we did a series, remember, a few, a few years back, Guard the Good, but we need to not only guard the good, but look for the good and promote the good when we see it. And I think there's that bit in Philippians where the Apostle Paul says, whatsoever things is good, whatsoever things is true, whatsoever things are a good report, think of these things and promote these things and talk about these things because these are the things that inspire people. You know, if, if you get on the downward spiral of always being a mourner, do you know what? You go nowhere. But if you can begin to be inspirational and see the good, you can lift people up. I noticed one of the things you said tonight, you were talking earlier on in our discussion in the, in the studio when we were all together um, <clears throat> before we came on live. You were talking to Linda and just talking about the, the importance of, I suppose, seeing these things and recognising the good things. And I just think that's such an important thing to do. I mean, it's incredibly important. I said this to somebody today. I said, look, um, things maybe have been negative and they seem negative, but if we just believe the best in each other, we'll get there. This is happening to all of us, but all we need to do is believe the best in each other. Because the truth is, if you believe the best in somebody else, they are likely to give you the best back. But if you believe the worst in somebody else, what they hear is that condemnation of the worst. And it's almost human nature to play up to that stereotype. Unless you're educated otherwise. But just general human nature, just believe the best. People want, and do you know what? People actually do want to be the best. Human beings only say two things to each other. That's the truth. All human beings actually say to each other is please, and thank you. That's it. That's all we really say. We dress it up in all sorts of language. We dress it up in in hyperbole. We dress it up in all sorts of cloaks. But really what we say is please and thank you. Jim, have you got a song for us? Please, please me. Oh, sorry, Something... I thought I was muted there. I was I was no. almost interrupting. That was oh, rude of me. I thought you were. I thought you had a song there. I thought I was going to say. Spirit, go for it. Timing was perfect. <laughs> 
Well, do you know when you were speaking, Ian and, and Albert, and uh, I, I just, I, I, I do, I'm not being rude, but I flick through, there's, there's hundreds of songs I have on my iPad, and I flick through, and I'm looking for God's inspiration to, to find something that, 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 that fits. And there was one comes up, he's cheering us all the way. And it, it's a song about, basically, it's a picture I've got of God. And it's like the school sports day. Have you ever been to the school sports day where you're watching your, your kids and others uh, struggle away on the sports day, on the field, trying to do the best, and you're watching you, you're cheering on the whole way, and there's anthems of, of other parents <laughs> all cheering too. And this was what this song was about. So I don't, I, I'll do it, but please, I didn't oh, want I thought, to. Um, go for it, John. That sounds great. <laughs> I've walked with the Lord Many times He saw me fall Waiting in the wings just for me He shadowed my path Waits patiently Many times the Lord is willing me He's clapping, praising, He's cheering all the way He won't let you down Whatever comes your way, so trust in the Lord, He'll light up your way. Heads up and praise the Lord today. My life has been changed. Every day I prayed for Him, asking for forgiveness for my sin. He opens my eyes, He sees the joy and happiness. None of which the likes I saw before Cause he's clapping, praising, he's cheering all the way He won't let you down, whatever comes your way So trust in the Lord and light up your way All heads up and praise the Lord today My life is short and showing you love him so best of all and share it with your friend he'll bless you and yours he'll teach you how to live he'll bring the love and kindness to mankind cause he's clapping praising he's cheering all the way he won't let you down whatever comes your way so trust in the Lord He'll light up your way, so heads up and praise the Lord today. So heads up and praise the Lord today. Absolutely. Oh, brand new. Tell me you wrote that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I right, right, okay, right. See, on Monday or Tuesday, that's going down. That is amazing. I love that. That is lovely. The, the, the Monday and Tuesday that Ian's referring to, we've, we've got a little group of folks uh, that came from the, the, the chord sessions and have come from the, um, the Friday jam, the live jam. And uh, it's, 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 it's irresistible because we've got to let these people get their recordings in because uh, Monday, Tuesday, there's uh, two folks from the recovery community, Becky and Peter. Now, Peter's a fine because he's, he's been in his bedroom playing songs, going through his recovery. But it's got a wealth of music that's just in there, and it's got to be heard. So, Ian, it, it, we've got to get these guys up there first, lifted up before us all, honestly. There is There'll no be time problem. and plenty. There is no problem from our end at all. Uh, we are happy to, Robbie and I are happy to facilitate. And uh, if and, and when the studio gets knocked down, because it's going to get knocked down soon, um, it, we'll, we'll bring the studio to you. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah. But Tuesday, we have Michael Cullens, uh, who's another great talent, and Duncan Cullens, who you know. Um, uh, and Michael lives under just the shadow. I'm not saying this disrespectfully. Just the shadow of Duncan, you know, because Duncan's doing so well. But Michael's also a fabulous talent, fabulous songs, and there's a depth there that's yet to be found. So there's, there's four folks we found from the live jam. Um, and through the court sessions, and uh, uh, bring us 44 more, please. God. <laughs> well, you know, I think. I, I feel just, that's going to happen. <laughs> I think one of the key things that, that we should be learning from all of this today and thinking about is just how, when you were talking about 
seeing the positive things in life, then when Jim comes and plays a song about praising God, it lifts our spirits and it lifts us high and we feel better. And I think that's a key thing about the human nature, the way God has made us. We actually are made to praise. And, uh, and, and what, what Ian is saying is right, we're made to say please and thank you. But because that's part of what God wants from us. He wants to hear our longings and he wants to hear our desires, our pleases, but he also longs to hear our thank yous and our praises. And, and that's just such an important thing to do to lift, lift ourselves up and lift the community and the, around, our, around the, the, the podcast tonight as we listen to these songs. I'm quite sure people have been lifted a good bit about just about, about life itself tonight because we've been thinking about these things. Do you know, I, I'm sorry to butt in again, but... Um, you don't need to be sorry, Ian. You're good, you're good <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, you know, um, I, I believe this so much within my absolute soul that, that music is um, the energy of the universe of God just expressing itself. And, um, you know, you hear songs of praise and you hear songs that are, that they, they just speak to your very soul. And... And this has been going on beyond time almost. I was reading an article the other day there, it was about Stonehenge. And what they said was Stonehenge was the biggest musical instrument ever built. And oh I think, yeah, I read that as uh, well, yeah. uh-huh. and, I, and I think they're right. I think yeah. Because the thing that music can do is it can say... I, I was talking, do you know, this is really weird. I was talking to my trainee today about this very thing. Um, music can say things that we can't say with our language. Mm-hmm. But music and language together are even more powerful. You know, they're even more direct to our hearts. It's a conduit to where the musician felt what he, what he or she felt when they wrote that song. Um, but it's been going on for millennia. Um, it's been going, you know, when I stand in a church and I play, I, I love playing in churches because churches have this wonderful acoustic and your voice could go on forever. Mm. And it's got no top and it's got no bottom. And Albert knows what I'm talking about. It's the most amazing thing. And I remember we've when... had that experience together singing oh, yeah. because we sing when we sing in vocal band. Dean and I sing a lot together, like yeah. the Evelyn Brothers. A lot of harmonies going on there. And sometimes you just find yourself flying, don't you? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, and we, we sometimes used to also experiment singing uh, at the end of songs in, in tongues, but people didn't know we were singing in tongues, and we we're just trying to get music words that would shaping words to go with music that don't really need to mean anything. Does that make sense? It, it, you know? I, I, I mean, I feel it does because I've been part of it, and 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 what that is is that feeling of the Holy Spirit. And one thing I remember particularly is uh, we were singing, and I think it was my own church in Largs, which is weird because I've sung there a bunch of times and other guises, and never felt this way. Um, and we were singing there with vocal band, and uh, it was very much a kind of vocal harmony, acoustic performance. It wasn't the big band with the drums and all that stuff just an acoustic thing and um, Campbell was there, Colin was there, Albert was there, I was there and it was so much grounded in what God wanted us to do that when you heard the singing it just rang around the church in such an enveloping way mm-hmm. and God's spirit was in there you know and, and actually changing people's hearts it was the most amazing thing to be part of. I'm humbled to have been a part of that. That was nothing to do with us. Nothing. Nothing to do with us. We're, we're competent musicians. We can do that. But that wasn't really the point. The point was that extra thing that God added. But actually, that the people, and this is where the God thing comes in. The people who made the building 110 years before had designed those acoustics in such a way as that message would come across as it did 
on that night somewhere in nineteen uh, in two thousand and uh, I don't know fifteen whatever. But that all came together, and that speaks to me of God's purpose over a huge period of time. Nothing we can understand, mm-hmm. but God's purpose is that that moment in time was going to happen. You know, God that yeah, God knew what PA we would have. God knew who would be there on that night. We didn't know. Yeah, and I was very delighted that there were some people, there was one or two, there's one lady in particular gave us a lovely donation of £500, which we were using, we were raising money for build, to build a home for a little boy in South Africa, eh, Eric. And eh, that night we, we raised, I think, 15 or maybe £2,000 eh, towards that building that house. And, eh, you know, within a few months we'd raised the 5000 which built a home for a wee boy who was very, very badly deformed and crippled. And so, yeah, but music can, can touch people's hearts. You're so right, because God knew in the time that our church was built that that moment would happen. How amazing is that? How, how crazy is that? That is like an amazing idea. Like, God knew. Yeah. And one night in 2015... The Bogo band would play there and that would touch some, somebody's heart to that extent and that would change the course of somebody's life and not just their life, their family's life and their family's life and talking on and on and on. Talking about music tonight has been one of the things, themes that we wanted to talk about and uh, how music has shaped people's lives and in the 20th century, uh, Linda, you, you've come up with the idea for Sunday now, you know, we're not going to say too much about it, but we want to do a wee bit of promotion for Sunday. We've been talking about how Elvis Presley has shaped people's lives and, and uh, given such a lift to people. Uh, and so t- on Sunday, we're going to be celebrating his, his life because uh, 43 years since he died. Right, 16th of August, 1977. Um, we're just going to look a little at his early life and the, how it influenced and directed who he who he was in his later life and how as a young child um he was nurtured in faith and that stood him through his all of his life even though his life was very very short and i think it's really important that we look at the big picture um for elvis and not just you know look at little snippets of his life but see the whole person and i think just as you you, you boys were talking earlier there i was thinking about music and how I was reminded of the text, I think it's in Romans, maybe it's not, where, where we read, Paul says that the Spirit intervenes for us with groans. Romans 8. Yeah, well, there you are. And what I was thinking is sometimes words get in the way. Um, and, sometimes, and I think of some of the classical music that I love. I, I love rock and roll, it's my thing, but I love some, some classical pieces and how... Mm. I, I may not understand what the composer was trying to say, but there's something in the music that affects or impacts my mood. Um, and he didn't use words or she didn't use words, but they, the music has moved me in some way. And there are often no words, only sounds that emanate, be that speaking in tongues or whatever, but sounds that emanate because you don't have the words. And especially at the extremes of, of our lives, you know, something awesome and wonderful and precious or something heartbreaking and crippling and crushing. There are no words, but the music will, will empower us and help us articulate and um, with, as the spirit uses groans and sounds. Now, Laura, what do you think about, is this the kind of thing we should be pulling into the life of the church, this kind of music that, that is emotional, that touches us, that, that lifts us into God's presence? You know, are we, are we getting that kind of music in, in, in all our congregations in the Church of Scotland? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Um, and, I, and I really think, but, but people have such a a desire, I think, to connect to music. It's a primal thing, you know, it's something that, that's inbuilt in us. And I, and I know myself, like, when I, I, I do get exuberant and get carried away sometimes in the music, but a lot of times people are just wanting permission to kind of be able to kind of 
you know, enjoy the connectedness as well. And I think that we can, and um, I've experimented with it in like, you know, various um, kind of different ways throughout my, my different placements, you know, using more like modern artists work and um, that they're, they're not even Christians, but, but some of the lyrics, you know, that they're, they could be, you know, with mm -hmm. what they're saying and, you know, maybe using it as part <clears throat> of prayer. And, and I think when we can see when we're able to connect with the culture that's round about us, I think then we're able to kind of be able to speak into people's hearts and introduce people to God in a new way where they're able to see, oh, God's just not, you know, in the hymns, you know, all the kind of, and, and so many of the traditional hymns are, are really beautiful, you know, they really are, and they move people, you know, over the centuries. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, they find, you know, that, that, that they're, they're disconnected. So if we're able to kind of connect them with more, more modern, you know, ones, more be able to see the spiritual in the artistry, you know, be able to see God in the creation of the music and the artistry of it all. I think then we can bring God, you know, I'll, closer I'll, to them. I would like to say one technical thing, and I hope you don't mind, um, because it's an important thing. Um, I, we often have listening parties in my house, uh, so we'll all get in the studio, put on studio speakers, and we will have three tracks. And you've got to say why you, you like these three tracks. What do they speak to you? What 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 are they saying lyrically, melodically, production-wise? What are they? What, how are they making us better musicians? How are they making us better people? And one of the things I've noticed about Elvis and Nina Simone, and I could name a num and and Whitney Houston, all flawed people. Exactly. Yeah. But do you know what? You listen to them floating in between the stereo mix because these engineers were so blessed that they knew where to place that vocal in that mix that you would hear it every time. And there is their voice almost embodied in front of you. And I can feel Nina Simone's chest breathing in and out. I can hear the resonances in her throat mm -hmm. and her chest. And with Elvis, it's exactly the same. And with Elvis, because he was so steeped in the word of God, and he was, and let's not kid ourselves on, he might have abused drugs. Well, do you know what? Lots of people abuse drugs. You know, hard cheese, you know? That, that's, just, that's just life. You know, he might have abused all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, he was a child of God. And when that man sang, what we heard was a child of God sing. And you can tell the time where he was maybe under the influence. He wasn't himself. He, he, he was too much involved with the drugs, you know. They were maybe taking him away from, from his soul, from where his heart was. But oh my goodness me, when you would hear him sing before a show, before he had any pressure to perform, then that is a wondrous thing to behold. Mm. Because that man had the voice of an angel. And I hear angels in Elvis' singing. And I, and I hear angels in Nina Simone's singing. And I could name um, any number of artists um, where you can just hear them. And modern artists like Bono, Oh, yeah. There's stuff that Bono sings that you think, my goodness, you know, without without that, I'd, I, I just wouldn't look at the world the same way. Um, and as I said before in this podcast, I have I, I don't do heroes. I don't do heroes. I, I just can't see that. I'm a doctor. It's Everybody's just the same to me. But the only time I ever felt a sec, you know, one millisecond of hero worship was when Bono walked past me and brushed my shoulder. Um, going on stage and I thought oh my goodness me that's Bono and as fast as, as it was there it was gone and I was like alright well that's Bono well he's going to do a show that's cool that's all good you know and, and I kind of like thought into what it is to do a show so I didn't really think about that but then I saw, you know if you if you listen to Bono sing something like one 
um, you know, or something like, um, uh, you know, sorry, sorry. Pride in the name of love. Absolutely, pride, pride, exactly, exactly. Or, or even, you know, going back into history, the unforgettable fire, yeah. you know, or war, you know, or, um, oh, goodness, the, the, the one that goes da na 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 Sunday, yeah. yeah. And he stands up and he shouts, this song is not a rebel song. That's it. And a prayer. And, yeah. and that's, what, that's what music does, isn't it? It forgets all the nonsense and shenanigans that mostly us Christians put on the other people because they're not perfect. Yeah. And it shows us the true connection that God has with us. And, and it shows the true beloved son, beloved daughter of God. You know, when you hear Whitney Houston singing, I look to you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so yeah. what? She's, she, she, she's into drugs and she was into stupid behavior. She looks to God. And that's a message we need to hear, especially Christians, because we're like this. You know, we think, we think Christians have a monopoly on goodness and creativity and generosity, and it just couldn't be further from the truth, you know? Linda. Linda, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. going to say 100%. I'm going to put into you, because what Linda's saying is 100% true. We, this is how we judge people who are addicted to substances. This is how we judge yeah. people who are somehow taken out of themselves. What you don't understand is that to be taken out of yourself is often because you're so in touch with yourself yes. that it's really, really hard to bear. Yes. It's really it's hard scary. to bear. I mean, Bono, lovely guy, but I remember Bono from 1980-something, right? And Bono would smoke a joint with the best of them. I'm just saying, is all. And please don't, anybody, and Bono, don't sue me for this. But this is what I've heard, and I may be wrong, and this may be the somebody from the road crew saying something to me they shouldn't have done. So, Bono, don't sue me. It's probably wrong. And I, and I won't believe it. But that's not the point. The point being that the man has a resonance with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God. And I was down in London, right? There are thousands of people in the O2 arena. And do you know what? These guys knew nothing about Eugene Peterson. And Bono stood up and said, Today I dedicate this concert to a guy called Eugene Peterson that taught me and the band more about the gospel than we'd ever learned before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, do you know what, man? That's a man of God. Just yeah. right there, you know? And that's why it's special to me. I hope we're not going to get sued for this. Albert's looking like... Oh, oh that's all right. I want to pull in some other contributions as well. Uh, um, Eric, I'm interested too, as we talk about, we've been talking about music, the place of rhythm in all of this. You know, rhythm, eh, drawing people into a piece of music, eh, rhythm in worship, in, in the, the place of drums and putting that rhythm together. Do you not think that's important? And so often we've, we've, we lose out in that. We, we, in our culture, whereas maybe in Africa, where you cut, where you where you've been brought up and brought up in, eh, you know, the drums and mm. that is such an important part of of, of worship. Yeah, no, definitely. I think. Um... Yeah, as we've said earlier, I, I think from a very early age, I kind of just, we were actually four guys playing acoustic guitar and we decided, listen, we need to start a band. And the one guy said he'll claim bass and uh, no one else wanted to do the drums because it's a lot of schlep and effort carrying drums around. And I said, listen, yeah, I've got a few pals who wouldn't mind helping me carry the stuff around. So I'll jump right in there. And um, yeah, I think just, with what you're saying there in terms of, of, of rhythm, I think it's such a privilege, you know, as, as you yourself know, Albert, and many of you as well, um, being in a band, everyone's got beautiful instruments that they're playing and they've got, everyone's playing a melody, but if it's, if it's not on the same frequency, if it's not, if the timing's not right, it can sound quite awful. Um, yeah, I think for example, if, if you're in a church choir and everyone's on, 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 on a different rhythm, it can sound quite horrendous. And um, I think just you're coming from Africa, so you kind of assume the, the rhythm is good. 
Um, and it isn't necessarily always true. Um, I just think there's a lot of, I think, out of beatness, if I almost want to call it now, especially in the year 2020, if we think of just referring to this week here in, in Falkirk with the flooding that we had and the thunder and the lightning. And um, it's as if, you know, everything is in discord. And um, I think what God is always teaching us, and, and I, that's what I quite enjoyed, Linda, from your writings in this week is as well, just constantly drawing us back to him and reminding him and reminding us of his might and power. Um, you wrote about his creation at one point as well, seeing God work in creation all around us in the oceans and, and the mountains and the landscapes. And um, I just want to quote you on something that I thought maybe interlocks well with rhythm and what we've been speaking about. You said, um, God is more than our formula of salvation. I thought that was quite beautiful, Linda. And um, I think that helped me as well, just pulling everything together and, and getting on the same frequency and getting into the rhythm and the beat of, of the gospel and the good news. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely, Albert, I think that is, that is essential. Um, that is of paramount importance for us. It's always drawing it back to God's grace and God's love and then reconnecting to him in that way. And if we can live our lives in that rhythm, what a difference it makes to the way we, 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 we express ourselves. This allows us to get back into Linda's uh, work this week because it's been such a blessing uh, reading it and being challenged by it. Uh, and I especially like the one you were talking about this week about the, the legacy we leave. Mm -hmm. You know, it gets, yeah. it, it's quite a profound and challenging thing. But, you know, what, what is the legacy we leave behind us? Yeah, and it's not that story of Elijah and Elisha is one of my favorites um, because before that story of the chariots of fire which is a story everybody loves and, and can gravitate towards and it's all the bells and whistles there's that Elijah currying in fear and trepidation in the, the cave and he thinks he's the only one only one left but the, the story God interferes intervenes Elijah responds, and then after that deep despair, he comes into this great chariot of fire. But he doesn't leave behind his sadness. He doesn't leave behind his bad temper because, you know, he could be quite bad tempered. He doesn't leave behind um, a sense of fear of a foreign queen who really is a nobody, Jezebel. He leaves the mantle, which is his authority. And, I, and I, I like to use that story at funerals, actually, because what, what, when I do a funeral, all people want me to do, um, where I am, certainly, is talk about their loved one. And, and really, they want to be told that they're in heaven, and the rest of the God story is not really that important. They're focusing on, on their loved one. So I tried to draw back to that story of Elijah, who, who left his mantle, who left his authority to his his young protege, if you like. And, and that legacy that he left is impacting me today and impacting you. Mm -hmm. And who would have known? He certainly wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have known by throwing his mantle, his authority. And, and actually, he only, he only threw the mantle. It was God gave the, conveyed the authority to Elisha. But Elisha had the, the sense and the wisdom to pick it up and ask God, can I have this, you know? So there's something about legacy that we leave everywhere we go, everywhere we are. Um, and I used to serve a parish in New York, multimillionaires, all multimillionaires. And they worked so hard to set up their kids with an education, with money in the bank. They worked so hard, they hardly ever saw their children. And I often thought, well, what's your legacy here? What is your mm. legacy to these children? Money in the bank? Well, so what? I could all be stolen or could all crash and could become worthless. You know? You feel like, because I think with the legacy, you know, you worry, you know, and because I've been thinking about this quite a lot actually recently, you know, and it's like what you want, it was the, it was the prayer really struck me, you know, help me to leave a legacy of love, of mm -hmm. hope, of joy and inspiration because you worry that, you know, as the example, you know, that you're setting, like, and the, the values that you're instilling, you know, 
are they good enough? Are they good enough? And what about the mistakes you make? And you know, mm. and and because I, I I had went to the the falls of Falloch with my cousin, and um, you know, you could hear all the water, and you see being able to see how that you know the constancy, you know, of the water has shaped you know, the bank and, you know, maybe like moved the, you know, moved the earth and, you know, you know, you've lifted trees and this constant moving and changing. And you think, you know, like whenever, like the other, the other night when we had the storms and the lightning, you know, you think there'd be a, a rush of water and that would have changed it. And, you know, if there's wee blocks and things, how that would have changed, you know, as well. So it's the same, like, you know, well, what we're, what we're leaving, you know, not just to our children, but the people we love and, and like for, for the churches we serve, it's it's quite, um, it, it's a big responsibility when you think about this, you know, the legacy, you know, the mantle that you're leaving behind. But just that prayer, you know, well, all we can do is actually hope that if it doesn't need to be anything other than love and hope and joy and some kind of inspiration to people. Um, it was, I it's, uh, it's quite profound when you really start to really, you know, think deeply on it. Do you know, guys, it was probably the most profound thing for me this week as well, because father of three boys, you know, three adult boys now in the world, you know, doing their thing. And I think, you know, Jamison, what, what, what have you showed them? You know, they've seen the kind of rock and roll thing. Uh, you know, they've seen the nights of excess. They've seen times of repentance and forgiveness. And they've seen times of trauma uh, and times of healing and forgiveness. You know, they've seen it, they've seen it all. Because I'm not a perfect person. Um, I never pretended to be, not for one second. And I know that that life can be very difficult because my job is dealing with people with difficult lives and my my life is no less so um so that struck me very deeply as to what i was all about and i thought to myself that really really leadership leadership i'm hearing an episode that's weird oh oh goodness when you hear your words spoke back to you, that's kind of spooky. Anyway, um, so so I thought to myself, you know, what is leadership? What what is what is being a parent? What is showing showing an example? And I think it is all about getting yourself right with God first of all. You've got to be focused on the cross, um, and you've got to understand that you're flawed, that you're not perfect, and you'll never be perfect. And perfect, and I, I, absolutely, and and do you know the thing is, your kids see you as you actually are. Mm-hmm. We had an incident at work this week, and I had to talk to the team. And my son Colin was working in the background, and he's he's kind of like been brought into the team. Do you know what I mean? He's not he's not like part of the team. He's like coming to do a job and then go away again. And he said, "Do you know, Dad?" That was really interesting to hear how you do that. Because Colin is an officer in the British Army. And he said, and he said this is how this I would is how. And I'm like, well, the reason that I did things the way that I did things is because of X, Y, and Z. But the point is, being a leader like yourself, Albert, like yourself, Linda and Laura and Eric, and yourself, Jim, you're all leaders. <laughs> and actually, the most leadership you give it is in how you live your lives. And it's also in the mercy and, and in the understanding you show people around about you. And I think that's what God wants to tap into, mm-hmm. is to be humble. You know, is to understand where you stand in the great creation of things. That's what I well, think. But, about but, Linda, but Linda brought me right down, man. I mean, no, no, I, I don't mean down as in down as in I was depressed, but, but right down to brass tacks. It was like, you do sometimes as a leader, you say, right, do you know what? This is what it is. It isn't another thing. This is what it is. 
And that particular prayer, Laura, that you just spoke there, that is what it is. Okay? There isn't another interpretation. It's dead simple. That's what it is. So do that, pray that, and that's going to be a good thing for you. That's my thought. Good. Listen, folks, I'm just wondering, we've got Jim with us tonight. It's great to hear him sing. Have you got another song for us tonight, Jim? Yes, there's, there's, there's a, a, a many songs. I was, I was thinking, thinking, what were you thinking on? I was, I was thinking of Peace in the Valley, uh, really a, a tribute to, to Elvis and a, a tribute to Linda and her passions uh, for Elvis. If, if you thought Peace in the Valley uh, would maybe be a nice song to do. Great, let's, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear your version of it. <laughs> it's always... the thing these songs is speak of the hope that the christian has the hope of the gospel that's in everyone the longing for that day and and it's going to happen and god wants us back to what we were thinking about earlier on in the very beginning of the of the the broadcast is that you know um he wants us to think about the good things and the beautiful things uh, 
and fill our minds with these expectations and expect the best and look for it and because it's going to come. And if you're going through a difficult time tonight and you're listening in, you know, will you hold on to this idea that all things will pass? That will pass. And that God is working out his good and the good things for our lives. And uh, I think that's just such an important thing to remember. Any more, any more thoughts on, on Linda's, um, Linda's reflections this week? I'm just, I, I love the, the thought about, uh, sorry again. No, no, carry on, Jim. I love the thought about uh, Romans 8 because um, that, that was some of the first verses as a, a new Christian that I, 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 I walked into. And I walked into a car crash, quite simply, for a, a, a novice uh, to, to try and tackle Romans. But what I got from it was these groanings. And I thought, well, see, it, then... I'm quite sure God could hear my groanings, you know, could hear my groanings and understand them. And if that's possible, then it's possible for loads of people like me, you know, coming to it. And that, that's what uh, Romans uh, kind of said to me and, and, and Linda's walk towards that was that there was a place for all of us within the words of the, the Bible and the, and the words that could, and those words can, get us on that bridge and get us closer to a little bit of understanding. So, so many years on, I've started to, I read it all a lot of times and I've, I've understood a little bit more, not much more, but those groanings mean a great deal to me. I would like to say one thing, uh, a simple thing really. Um, it's been a long time since I've had a holiday and next week, guys, I'm on holiday. So I'll probably see you actually. I'll probably come on the podcast. Um, but next week's my holiday. And uh, Linda wrote today, she said, um, Holy God, I surrender myself to you afresh this day. That's kind of what I try and do. That's kind of how I start my day. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not put where I am for nothing. I'm put where I am because that's where God wants me to be. And that's cool just now. That's good. You know, and let's see where it takes me, right? Holy God, I surrender myself to you afresh this new day. Thank you. There is nothing that can separate me from you and your love. Amen. Do we not all need to really hear that for a minute? There is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Do you know that? And addiction and troubles with our family and fallouts in work. And times where we behave that we think, God, I'm ashamed of myself for doing what I did there. Nothing. No sin. That's what that says. Can separate me from you and your love. And isn't that the message we all really need to hear? Not just tonight, but every night. Mm -hmm. You know, guys that are in jail. Guys that think their world has fallen apart. Come on. Lads, nothing can separate you from God's love, right? That's the truth. That's the gospel right there. And the thing that dominated my thoughts in that prayer um, of surrender, because I struggle to say that every day because of fear, because I'm afraid of what it might mean. It might mean having another heart attack. It might mean dropping dead in the middle of the street. It might mean someone coming along and making life really difficult for me. It might mean somebody verbally abusing me. It might mean, it could mean anything. So when we say we surrender, it's a really, really hard thing to say because of the permutations. Um, because of, I think of it like a spoke, a wheel with a spoke in the middle and all these different wee offshoots. But I, I still surrender. I, I will try my best to surrender. I'll surrender my need for this or my need for that or I, th I think my need for this or I think I need that, you know. Surrendering ego, surrendering self-centeredness, um, surrendering all that to, to the greater love, to the steadfast love, to the love that knows no measure, to the love that is inexplicable, indescribable, and yet there it is. <laughs> Cheers for the taking. And, and to surrender to the one who surrenders to me. 
and that's really hard to deal with. But but it's incredible, Linda, because you're right. There's a strength in that. Do you know there's a strength to saying, "Wherever God may take me, that's where I'll follow." Mm-hmm. That's a hard, flaming thing. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing. It's really hard. You know, I've been down that road. Do you know what? It's hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think, "Wait a minute, God, come on, give me a break." Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, but actually, God never. See, here's the thing about God: God never says enough's enough. Mm-hmm. God always says, you know what, Ian, there's always me, right? So get rid of your ego. Get rid of all that stuff. There's there's always me. I'm always there. I think also the thing in, in the surrendering thing, I think this is an interesting way to conclude our, 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 our broadcast tonight. Our interesting thing is that there is nothing that we can surrender that God does not pay back in full. May I say one more thing? I am no man's debtor. May I just say one more thing? Um, I talked about doing Tai, learning basic Tai Chi um, in the prayers this week. And one of the moves that I love is that you reach up and you cup your hands and you offer yourself to God. And then you bring your hands down again and you cup your hands again and they're filled because that's who God is in our surrendering. Even when we don't surrender, Still, God fills our cup with goodness, with grace, with compassion, with joy, with all that we need, and a whole lot more. And that's what it's, that's the gospel. Because he looks at us and doesn't see who I see when I look in the mirror. He looks and he sees, there's my darling. There's that woman. I think she's the bee's knees. There's nobody like her. She's brilliant. And I, I, I pray, I, I do that as part of my, my prayers every morning. And it's great because that's who he is. Linda, I see you guys. I think you've all been doing great preaching tonight. I think we should give everybody a last word. That's Linda's last word. Can we go for yours, Eric? What's your word for us tonight from what you've learned from sharing from us all tonight? Uh, gratitude. Just grateful to be in the presence of so many sages. <laughs> and no onions <laughs> <laughs> Laura what about you I, it's been a it's, it's, it's actually been a joy you know to, to hear what everybody's got it's in people's passion you know it just that passion just has filled me and I think it'll have filled the people that have been listening you know at home as well you know, you just hear that love of God coming through. It's just beautiful. Ian, you get something to say. <laughs> I've always got something yeah. to say. <laughs> no, no, to be honest, um what I, I I was gonna say a couple of little things. Um I love the thing about the podcast that I can meet up with my friends like Laura and Jim and Eric and Albert. And and yourself, um, obviously, uh, Linda. Uh, so I love that part of my week. That's a blessing to me to do that because my week is full of all sorts of other things. So it's good to see that. But the most important thing is that I think tonight, Linda kind of nailed it, you know. She kind of nailed it in what she said about God's love. She kind of nailed it in what she said about, you know, when I look in the mirror and I look at myself, um, that's not what God sees. God sees this, like, amazing version of myself. And that's the real self. And we need to start believing in that self because that is what God sees. God sees this luminescent, brilliant being. You know, I listen to Jim's songs and Jim, I'm going to bum you up here for a second. But Jim's voice just rings out just as clearly as Elvis has ever did. With these words, you know, the words that he sings, they're, they're, to my, in, in my ears, they are hovering right there in the middle of the speakers. Just waiting to be heard. And it's wonderful and, and, and it's a blessing. And I can't explain just how much it means to me. And yourself, Albert, it's always good for you and I to get together. I love it. Bits. Um, sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's fun like it is tonight. But um, 
it's a blessing to be amongst all of you. But I think we need to remember when we look in the mirror tomorrow morning, remember what God sees. God sees this perfect, luminous, wonderful, explorative, imaginative, constructive person. You know? And down behind it all, bring yourself in there, Eric, there's that thrum, that beat in the universe. It just powers all the music. It's just there. You can feel it because you're a drummer. You know what that's all about. You know what it's all about. <laughs> musicians know this. This is a blessing for musicians. They know this. They feel it inside there. We know what that means. So that's uh, what it means to me. See, and what we've been talking about here tonight is the glory of God. The glory of God. You must not forget that's why you were made, for the glory of God. And when God sees us as we are, it's because he sees us for his glory. And the glory, glory, glory is such an important thing. And it's, it's woven all through scripture. And, and that's why the catechism says, human beings' chief end is to what? Glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so when it's all about enjoying the presence and the purposes and the life of God, of God in us, at work in us. And uh, maybe we could finish with, give Jim the last word. Jim, what's your, your, your word for us tonight? It's very much the same as Ian's. Linda, I, I see you. I'm blessed to see many people as, as, as how God sees them. And I see you as an absolute blessed angel, Linda. And it's a joy for me to see the blessings in other people. It doesn't always happen all the times, but there are many people that have got that blessing. Honestly, there are many people that see others just as God sees them. And it, we're in a wee Lululand, whatever it is, but it is fabulous. So don't believe, believe only in what you can, God can see in you because it's just fabulous. And that's the truth. Well, listen, folks, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you to you, Ray, uh, for being with us as well and uh, for um, guiding us and doing the technical stuff to keep us on the air. Thank you. And Again, thank you to you folks who are listening uh, on, on the internet. Uh, we are so appreciate all of your comments that come in. And uh, we look forward to you joining us on Sunday, if you can, for our service at 3 o'clock. And uh, it's going to be a great service, so look forward to that. So until, that, until Sunday and next week, God bless. music. I like the music. <laughs>